Welcome to MoneyWeb Now. Business news every morning. Thursday, 15 December, last live show of the year. Next week, recordings all week, and then we are back 9 Jan. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, chatting with Perkley Radenhouse, Herenia Capital Advisors. I'm going to pick his brain for his sort of main investment theme for next year. There's dozens of themes, hundreds of themes, but what's his, like, number one that he's eyeing? Uh, chatting with Peter Hugo, M&G Investments. How 87% of investment returns are made in retirement. And then John T. Strimling, he's a chief risk officer at Growwise Capital. How small business funding has changed in the past year. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from CNBC. Uh, Fed raises interest rates half a percent to highest level in 15 years and markets shrug it off. Have markets moved on from, from inflation interest rate fears? looks like it. Business day, inflation eases, but Reserve Bank will still be watching. Uh, SA's latest CPI, uh, 7.4% in November, down from 76 in October, lower than forecasts of 7.5. Morning markets, US markets were red. S&P down 0.6, NASDAQ off 0.8%. Asia's red with Sydney off 0.6% and Tokyo down a third of a percent. Commodities mostly red. Gold, $1,805. $1,805. Brent, the green, 8208 a barrel. Platinum, 1,028. Palladium, 1,903. Rand, 1723. Bitcoin, 17,700. Tencent, down 2.2% in Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call, about 350 points to the red. That is half a percent down. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Training now with uh, Petri Radenhuis from Herenia Capital Advisors. Petri, appreciate the time this morning. You've had a couple of themes this year. One, notably, you've been bearish for much of the year and been right side of the coin. Uh, energy, we've chatted a couple of times about uh, uh, uranium as well, nuclear and the like. Your, your sort of key theme for, for 2023, and I appreciate there are going to be many, but what's the one you pulled out of the basket this morning? Good morning. So I think the the major thing that I'll be watching for is whether or not this downtrend that we're currently in uh, breaks or not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure as as you know by now, we've we've been ro- relatively defensive for the majority of this year, uh, and the the longer term local and offshore portfolios are both sitting with a chunky portion of cash in them. That you know, we'd love to be able to spend on something. <laughs> uh, we just need to to basically get a signal to tell us that it's safe to do so. So, uh, on the local side, yes, okay, the markets run really hard. And if you think that just a few days ago we were kind of almost knocking on all time highs door, mm-hmm. which is hard to believe actually if you look at the index. I mean, the rest of the market doesn't feel yeah. uh, like that. Because that's the nature of indices, right? Um, the U.S. market, of course. Not performing that well. That 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 was a major theme last year. It turns out, which was the outperformance of emerging markets and the return of value uh, outperformance over growth. I think that's something that continues for some time. I think we probably see emerging markets continue to do well, uh, or at least outperform emerging markets, and we continue to see value uh, names or value companies 
continues to perform better than growth companies. So these are the companies that really are currently sort of undervalued and in the sectors that have really come down a huge amount. So I think that's going to be a relatively big theme. Uh, and this uh, this Fed sort of chicken game that's been happening between the mm. Fed and the markets for most of the year. Market rallied, uh, well, didn't rally, but, uh, you know, this was anticipation that maybe because of the CPI number being slightly lower than anticipated, the Fed might slow down interest rates uh, or the interest rates hikes, and they actually hiked by 0.5%, which is like exactly what they said they were going to do months yeah. ago. Right? <laughs> so, um, so I think that we see that, and we, we look at the language of the Fed, we see that they're saying, look, they're entering into restrictive territory, Higher for longer is the message, right? Higher interest rates for longer period of time. So we probably have a continued difficult environment, right? Um, particularly for the offshore and developed world. And I think that is something that uh, we can use to our advantage. I think that we see eventually China moving away from a zero COVID mm-hmm. lockdown and you know, rolling that back. That probably leads to an enormous uh, sort of commodities run uh, and a commodity company run. Uh, and that, I think, is good for us. South Africa, we probably hit all-time highs. Uh, we outperform the international, you know, our international peers. And that's on the back of a commodities-based bull run, um, yeah. which is really what I think is, is – and this is why we're waiting for a decent signal that this is actually what's going to happen, so that we can deploy some of the cash we have, particularly in the offshore portfolios, um, to get, uh, uh, you know, to get onto the trend as it begins. Okay, so the two biggies, and I'll take your point, and I've got to say, I agree with both. Value to beat uh, growth again next year and EMs to, to beat uh, DMs uh, next year. Still some, some triggers we can wait for, but uh, I, the, the, those to me I think are going to be uh, the, the themes for next year. Peter Rodenhuis, Herenia Capital Advisors, appreciate the time this morning and during the course of the year. If seagulls were harder dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah? or chase summer around the globe. You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm chatting with Peter Hugo, Chief Client and Distribution Officer at MNG in Investment. Peter, appreciate the time today. One of the, the, the common perceptions around retirement is that when you are a couple of years out from retirement, you start de-risking your portfolio, uh, you move into cash, move into bonds. By the time you hit retirement, your portfolio is relatively low risk. You're saying, hang on a second, you actually make a bunch of that return in retirement. Hi, Simon. Yes, and thanks for, for allowing me to talk to you. Um, that's absolutely true. We, we often see when clients get to retirement or even before retirement, they, because we work in a defined contribution scheme now, which effectively just means that everyone has got their own little pot of money that they save mm. in for retirement. And, and this is the, typically the only pot that they have for retirement and to last them for their entire lifetime. So clearly, you feel you do not want to lose that money. And, and the logical next step is that clients typically tell their advisors, please de-risk me or invest conservatively because I don't want to see this money going down. 
And I don't want to see it being volatile, which is just a fancy word for the, the money goes up and down when you every time you look at your statement. But but the problem with that is that while it makes you sleep or feel very comfortable in a very short term because your money grows mm-hmm. very smoothly, you typically give up a lot of growth in retirement. And And what you don't see is that by design, you are likely to run out of capital a number of years earlier by giving up potential growth in retirement. And the point is, I mean, there's a couple of, of moving parts here. One is at your retirement age, you've truthfully got the largest amount of money you've ever had. You've also probably got, I mean, depending on the numbers, you, you've got 30, 40 years perhaps of, of living to go. And to your point, we worried about the money depleting instead of actually saying, you know, if, if I tell a 30-year-old that, that they must de-risk their portfolio, they would think I was crazy. We need to de-risk a small part of the portfolio. Yes, absolutely, Simon. I mean, as you say, there are a number of moving parts here that you need to think about. So firstly, people typically retire earlier these days. It's Mm -hmm. at 60, typically not 65. Plus, we all know people are living longer. So your money need to last you. If you retire at age 60, there's a very high probability that that you may make it to 80 or 90. That's that's 30 years in, in retirement especially if you look at a a joint survivorship, in other words, husband and wife Mm -hmm. type of couple, if you look at the last surviving one of them, there's a very, very high probability that one of them will at least survive for for 40 years. And and now you think if you want to invest for 40 years, if you're going to sit in cash for 40 years, you're probably going to earn over that 40 years 1% real return in cash. But now if we look at living annuities across the industry and average drawdown rates, which is an excess of 7%. So if you want to draw down in excess of 7%, but you sit with a big chunk of your money in an asset class that delivers you only 1% real, you are going backwards in real terms, if not in nominal terms as well. And and that is the big challenge that one need to get that trade-off right between giving yourself a smooth type of ride, but also having sufficient access to to growth for your long-term money. And as we say, this Mm. is a a long-term investment. Yeah, it absolutely is. It, it doesn't end as you, as you retire. It research that you guys have done says what, some 87% of total investment value is generated in post-retirement. And, and that is, again, because of longevity and because of the amount of money. When I'm a 30-year-old, I don't have much money saved for retirement. When I'm 60, I've got the maximum. Yes, that's exactly. If, if you think about it, as you earlier mentioned, when you retire one day, that's probably the biggest part of money that, that you've had in your life. Hopefully the case that is, mm-hmm. but for most retirees, that is. And in fact, that part actually grows into retirement much bigger. So if you just think logically, if you receive investment returns on top of a large pot of money, that's where you get your real return. So if your pot is at age 25, if you only have 5,000 rand saved and you earn 30% return, it's a high return, but it's applied to a very small yeah. pot of money. So as you say, your pot of money into retirement is very big. And if you give up on growth there and you say, I'm only going to earn 1% real on this big pot of money, but you're going to draw significantly more than 1%. That, that is effectively a recipe for disaster. And by design, you're setting yourself up for failure.
The, the, the research with 87% of return uh, is post-retirement. That's on a 5% real uh, uh, return. And, and that then implies uh, uh, equities. And that does mean some, some volatility. So you know, fund managers and sort of their advisors almost need to talk people through. It's going to be bouncy, but it's going to last longer. Uh, yes, and that's exactly the challenge. So 5% real return is your typical balance fund today in South mm-hmm. Africa probably have delivered at least 5% real returns over the last 20 years. So we're talking about that fund, which has got about in excess of 60% equities, both SA and offshore. And, and that is a, a bumpy ride. We, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that it will be bumpy. And then I think that is where the value of advice comes in. Mm. It's it's difficult to see your money. It was 100,000 Rand last week and this week is 90,000 Rand. That is extremely painful for most people. And that is where you need someone who can, you can test your ideas and I want to get out of the market at 90,000 Rand and go to cash. And you need someone who tell you that is not the right thing to do at this stage. Um, you are in the right investment portfolio. You've done your homework up front. Stay there. It will recover. It's one of the options then as a last question that in the in the super good years when p- portfolio has done way more than 5% real, perhaps you take a little bit extra out that you could sort of put aside for the years when you're not doing your 5% real to kind of smooth it yourself almost. Yes, and, and I think that is important. And, and maybe you're referring to how you manage mm-hmm. in retirement the amount of money that you draw out. Don't just blindly say I'm taking, let's say, 6% of my retirement pot. And if I had a good year, I'm taking now 6% of a much higher number and I'm giving myself a massive increase. Ah, mm. Also, also the research has shown that you managing your drawdown rate every year is one of the biggest tools that you can have in retirement to ensure longevity of your pot of money. So as you say, if it was a very good year, don't just take take an inflationary increase on your money, mm. uh, not a let's say a nine or ten or fifteen percent increase. If you were lucky enough to have such a good year, and and manage your income accordingly. And if it was a very poor year, maybe take a zero percent increase. And I know it's very very difficult to do that in retirement, sure. but but you are trying to get that that balance between taking too much and taking too little. Well, that's an excellent point you make as well, that, that managing that drawdown is, is the most important part of that process. Um, and, and, and don't just, as you say, in a good year, sort of you know, take a lot and go on a holiday. No, no, stick to the number. Be sort of very cognizant of what you're drawing down. We'll leave it there. Peter Hugo, Chief Client and Distribution Officer, M&G Investments. Appreciate the insights. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. 
Chatting now with uh, John T. Strimling. He's co-founder and chief risk officer at GrowWise Capital. John T., appreciate the early morning. Uh, looking at, at, at some trends that we've seen in small business funding in the year, this obviously a space that, that you and your team are operating in. The, the one which really stood out to me is, is that credit scores for applications have increased uh, from 21 to, to, from, to, to 2022. I suppose some base effect, but the, the bottom line is it, it, it's still been a tough year, and yet small businesses are, are, are actually doing better in many senses. Hi, Simon. Thank you for having me on your show this morning. Um, it's great to join you. So, Grass Capital is a short-term business fund in South Africa, mm-hmm. and we specialize in providing fast, flexible, efficient finance and working capital solutions to SMEs. So, on the ground, we're doing all the analysis, and from our application data, and from all of our applications, we have actually seen, interestingly enough, coming out of COVID, that credit scores from our applications have increased by 15% from 2021 to 2022 this year. And this is obviously great news for South Africa, but we can pinpoint it to a couple of factors. So the underlying trend, uh, we believe there are two trends. Mm-hmm. We first think that it's the overall change in the business funding landscape and the overall um, recovery coming out of COVID. So on the first point, we see that there are a larger number of applications coming from businesses from different industries that are, you know, I would say stronger credit files, businesses that wouldn't traditionally draw for funding from a non-traditional mm. um, or alternative funder. And these businesses um, would traditionally draw from additional lines of credit from their banks. But now, you know, in a, in a new type of markets, they are seeing the benefits of partnering up with a short-term business funder or an alternative business funder. And I believe the second component is also comes down to just the general small business recovery coming out of COVID. We're seeing businesses, especially in the retail sector, picking up um, as we exit a very tough um, 12 months, 24 months. And, and and it makes sense, I suppose, that that, that sort of moving away from banks and, and and not to diss banks, although why not? But in many senses, you're you're a niche player here. You're the specialist in the space. Uh, banks are, are are particularly in the in the SME SME space, simply just not that specialist. So, so I mean, I can tell you why a business would rather or partner with mm-hmm. an alternative funder like Grow Us Capital rather than going to a bank or supplementary um, to their current bank finance. So firstly, fast, simple application and turnaround time. You can apply with a company like Grow Us Capital within four minutes and you can get funded within 45 minutes. We oh. offer fast approvals, mm. there's limited documentation, businesses don't need to apply with financial statements and we design working capital solutions around businesses. We are business funding specialists and you have access to specialists who understand your needs. And the, the, the reason that we're able to do this is because um, one, of the, one of the main reasons is that we have a different approach to understanding and mitigating risk. We are a short-term funder, so we look at risk completely differently to how banks assess risk. And this allows us to fund different businesses who might not necessarily get approved by banks, but also fund those very strong businesses, those very solvent businesses who already have banking relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've seen the change in the last 12 months. We've seen applications from, we've seen a 20% increase in applications in the construction industry, manufacturing, fuel supply, petrol stations, when 
traditionally, these type of businesses would rather draw on their lines of credit with the banks. They've seen the benefit of partnering up with an alternative funding company like Rotwatch Capital. Ah, to the point there, and that, that shift in, in who's applying, we'll leave it there. Uh, time is upon us. Uh, uh, John T. Strimling, co-founder, chief risk officer at GrowWise Capital. Appreciate the early morning. That's it for today. Uh, we're chatting with Keith McLaughlin yesterday around Centover, up, what, 50% this year, up uh, over 300% in the last three years. The question we asked is, can it repeat this in 2023? Keith remains bullish. He says, look, you know what percentages, but it is still a cheap stock, low single-digit PEs. Uh, pretty much your answers were split evenly between the three options. Just nudging ahead was absolutely it can. Uh, then no way's already run too hard. And then a bunch of you saying, you know what, I'm holding it already and I'm a happy camper. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Uh, we live every weekday morning on the MoneyWare website in the app at 6.30 a.m. Podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobokle, Nicole, Eleanor, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. Recorded shows next week. Back live on 9Jan. Travel safe. Listen to the live stream of MoneyWeb Now the same time every weekday. For more business, finance and investment news. MoneyWeb now on The Money. Also available on podcast.